the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another episode of the Michelle Tafoya podcast. So much going on at the border where China is concerned, where Iran is concerned. I don't bring these up to make you more anxious. I bring these up to inform you and to hopefully get you to be aware and engaged and talk about awareness and engagement. Morgan Ortegas, who is an expert in all things foreign relations, joins us next. Welcome to the Michelle Tafoya podcast. The name Morgan Ortegas may be familiar to you. You may have seen her on a number of television shows. Uh, She's the founder of Polaris National Security, former spokesperson for the United States State Department, a seasoned business executive, a U.S. Naval Reserve officer, former intelligence analyst, and as I said, frequent host and television guest, Morgan Ortegas. We're going to talk China. We're going to talk Iran. There was some news about Iran that you should know about. Uh, We'll talk about the border. So much to get to and the perfect guest. So stick around. You will find her engaging and most importantly, informative. This is stuff we got to know. So stick around. Now, are you one of the millions of Americans, whether you're male or female, you're dealing with premature hair thinning or hair loss, or maybe you're a little afraid because it runs in the family and you might inherit that gene? Well, finally, there's a real solution that delivers on its promise without the harsh chemicals, without the side effects, without the disgusting smell. Thanks to our friends that develop Genucel skincare, which you know I'm a huge fan of, Provia uses a safe natural ingredient. It's Procapil. I always want to say Provia Procapil. It's Procapil to effectively target the three main causes of premature hair thinning and loss by supporting healthy scalp circulation, the delivery of nourishing nutrients, and healthy hair follicle anchoring to your scalp. Provia guarantees more hair on your head than in the drain or your comb. Effective for men and women of any age, safe on colored hair, safe on treated hair, safe on styled hair. It's that easy. And right now, new customers save over 50% off Provia's introductory package at proviahair.com slash Michelle. It's P-R-O-V-I-A hair, H-A-I-R.com slash Michelle. Every package includes a full 60-day supply of Provia serum, for daily use, plus Provia 30, super concentrate for faster, more noticeable results. Provia works. Guaranteed or 100% of your money back. See results for yourself right now. Don't wait. Go to ProviaHair.com slash Michelle. ProviaHair.com slash Michelle with one L, please. That's ProviaHair.com slash M-I-C-H-E-L-E. Coming up, Morgan Ortegas on what's going on at the border, our relationship with China, and some breaking news on Iran that should really make you wake up. That's next. Morgan Ortegas, it's great to have you. We sort of passed like ships over at yeah. Fox News Channel on Gutfeld and all the and outnumbered and so forth. So this is a fun, a fun treat to have you with us. Um, someone from your company emailed me this article this morning that is fairly mind-blowing about 
Iran. And I, I'd love it if you could, because you can do this better than I can, give us your summary of what you read this morning that really fired you up, obviously, and why you're so concerned about it. Yeah, so this is breaking news this morning. Um, was certainly not something that I, I expected to deal with today. And, and I'll explain to you, it's a little bit of a complicated story, but I'll explain to you and your listeners uh, why I think that this is so important for everybody to know. Essentially, so there's a news news organization called Semaphore and then another one called Iran International that were able to obtain emails uh, between Americans. And some of these were former uh, Obama administration officials. Uh, some are current uh, and currently in government in the Biden administration. And some of them uh, will advise the Biden administration or are deeply involved in discussions, even if they don't have official roles. Essentially, Michelle, what these emails said uh, from the Iranian government is that they instituted around 2014 a foreign influence campaign into the United States. And this foreign influence campaign uh, was focused on trying to shape uh, the public discourse around uh, Iran and especially trying to shape the public discourse around uh, the centrifuges uh, and, and the, the nuclear discussion. Because you remember at the time in the Obama administration, they were getting ready to enter these negotiations into the JCPOA, uh, which was the Iran nuclear agreement. This is the agreement that President Trump very famously tore up whenever he came into office. Office, um, because we didn't think we uh, based off the structure and the written words in the deal uh, that it actually prevented Iran from getting a nuclear weapon. So in foreign policy circles in the United States, this was hugely controversial, uh, this deal. And now what we're reading from some before from, again, a very legitimate mainstream news outlet. Uh, is that these officials uh, from from former Obama administration and from current Biden team and people associated with them were on a list that the Iranian regime was targeting to use them as foreign influence agents. So it was writing op-eds and contributing to the public discourse. It gets even worse, Michelle. Uh, also, there has been at least two people so far, and I'm continuing to dig, but at, at least two people, there were messages, emails uh, that they wrote to the foreign minister of Iran, uh, Zarif, or wrote to senior advisors to the foreign minister. And these emails uh, basically talked about what these individuals were doing, again, to change the public discourse in the United States. And one of them uh, even talked about how he was, you know, pledged loyalty to Iran because he was an Iranian American. So what I've called for today uh, to sum it all up is an immediate congressional and maybe even law enforcement investigation into how far this Iranian influence, this foreign influence campaign how deep did it get into American officials? What did these American officials get in exchange for it? And more importantly, how do the people who were involved, who were named in these emails by Iran, how do they currently have positions of power and security clearances? I think that this is a question that every American should want to know and that it's very fair to ask. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 
800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. You know, I, I was reading this piece that, that you guys sent me, and one of the top aides, uh, Robert Malley, uh, was yes. placed on leave in June, just this past June, following the suspension of his security clearance, and yet he's popped up on the lecturer faculty administration list at Princeton. And one Princeton alum wrote to the newspaper, the Princeton uh, school newspaper, how is this possible? The guy who's under investigation by the FBI, among other places, and had his security clearance taken away or suspended, is being hired to speak at Princeton, to teach at Princeton. Who is this Robert Malley character? And, and we, we this was really quiet, by the way, I, I, at least in bigger circles. You probably yeah. knew that his yeah. his security clearance had been suspended. But why? And why is he just out there now in a university? You know, it, I've been screaming about it. It's been hard to get mainstream media coverage of this. So Rob Malley was who Biden and Secretary Blinken, the Secretary of State, chose to be their Iran envoy. He came with uh, in, in, in enormously controversial, right, over the interviews and his associations over the years. His, you know, really it felt like shilling for the Iranian regime. Uh, uh, this was just an incredibly uh, controversial choice to begin with. Uh, now what it looks like, and, and I will say, I will use Chairman Mike McCall, um, who is the chairman of the House Foreign Affairs Committee. Uh, he did an interview with me actually on News Nation, and he said that Rob Malley's actions were treasonous. Now, what does that mean? I don't know, because the committee um, and the State Department have not released what Rob Malley did. But Mike McCall is not a flamethrower. Mike McCall is a very, a very seasoned, uh, long-term congressman from Texas, very well-respected chair of House Foreign Affairs. And he wouldn't use the words traitorous or treasonous uh, without some real meat behind them. It's also important to note that the State Department did not admit any of this to Congress. I believe Congress found out through media reporting right. that his clearance had been revoked. So for months, uh, he was operating at the State Department without a security clearance. They did not inform Congress. And even then, they, the White House has said, oh, this is a private matter. Listen, it's not a private matter whenever administration officials are being accused of being of being foreign influence agents for, by the way, I would remind the audience, this is not just an enemy of the United States. It, Iran is an enemy of the United States. They threaten to wipe out the state of Israel all the time. They're trying to get a nuclear weapon. Weapon. We have not been able to contain that. They are also as certified by multiple Republican and Democratic administrations, the world's leading state sponsor of terrorism. Right. Oh, and by the way, after all of this that we just talked about, don't forget, last week, Biden and Blinken gave Iran $6 billion to get yeah. five American hostages back. $6 yeah. billion. We, we swapped five for five hostages or what prisoners, whatever you want to call them. But on yeah. top of that, released $6 billion of frozen uh, assets or frozen money, money that was frozen that is not, yeah. quote unquote, taxpayer dollars. But, you know, th this is what... what just grabbed me about that, Morgan, was how they went on and on about how this money can only be spent for humanitarian uh, reasons, you know, medications, food, all of that for the people. You know, that's like saying, you know, we're going to donate money to Planned Parenthood, but it is not allowed to be used on abortions. Money sure. is fungible. 
Money exactly. is fungible. So when you give someone $6 billion to use in whatever capacity, that frees up $6 billion somewhere else to use in another capacity. What, yes. what are they hiding? The administration. I, uh, listen, it is the extent that they have gone to to protect Rob Malley. Um, and by the way, some media outlets are reporting it, but but as you just said, so much of the uh, of, of regular mainstream media, legacy media, doesn't report this stuff. I mean, the, I doubt the average American knows this. Right. Um, and, and so I think they fundamentally are furious with President Trump and Mike Pompeo and others for tearing up the JCPOA. They felt like they were going to solve peace in the Middle East with this deal, that they were going to actually contain Iran. Well, we took that and we put that on its head. Right. We're the ones who got four peace deals between Israel and Arab states, the first mm -hmm. peace deals in 26 years, because we rejected their flawed Middle East policy. I think their policy towards Iran is dangerous. It makes the Middle East less safe. It makes the world less safe. And now members of Congress have every right and law enforcement officials. I think this goes beyond Congress. I think law enforcement should be investigating uh, how deep, how pernicious uh, did the Iranian uh, foreign agent, foreign influence campaign go? And how do all these people? People have security clearances. How are they getting into the White House for meetings? It's mind-boggling to me. It is to me as well, and it, it it brings up kind of this bigger macro picture to me. Um, you know, we like to believe that our that our leaders, that the White House, that the President, that the State Department are all protecting America, have America's best interests, and I'm not just talking about people, but the ideals of America, what, what yeah. we're founded on, you know, and liberty, freedom, and domestic tranquility, if you will, keeping outsiders outside, the malicious ones. And so it leads me to wonder who the hell is making such decisions. If it's the president, you could say, well, clearly, he, he don't know what he's doing. So he's just making, but I don't believe it's the president. Whom do you believe is behind some of this this stuff that's going on that seems to be putting us more at risk than protecting us. It doesn't seem like it's the vice president either. Um, right. So I think there's a, you know, there's been reporting um, that President uh, Obama, uh, which he still has a house in D.C., that he entertains uh, many administration officials at his home. Um, I, I don't I doubt, you know, there's one person. I think that there's a lot of people that are a part of the decision making process, including, you know, the National Security Advisor, the Secretary of State. Um, the Secretary of Defense may not have as much influence as uh, as the others. And certainly the White House chief of staff um, and others. But it is a, you know, it, it is at best as their policy as it relates towards Iran, uh, a, a fundamentally flawed way to look at the Middle East. They really genuinely believe, Michelle, uh, that the Iranians were going to follow uh, the letter of the agreement. And they were not going to get a nuclear weapon, which made no sense because there were sunset provisions uh, in that nuclear agreement, Michelle, that said basically, okay, was Iran going to get a nuclear weapon within the next few years? No, but 10 to 15 years down the road, the sunset provisions would be intact and the Iranians would be able to get a nuclear weapon then. So only only in uh, like the current state of politics do we live in, do people think this is an amazing deal because we just kicked the can down the road 15 years for someone else to deal with. We call that in my school of foreign policy, a bad deal. Uh, would agree with that. The other shifting gears a little bit, although I think these things are interrelated. I think so much of what's going on in this administration is interrelated. Uh, yeah. We've got a border crisis that is unprecedented. Absolutely. 
we have, I think it was 11,000 encounters in the last 24 hours. Here we are on Tuesday, September 26th. Uh, and 11,000 encounters in a 24 hour period. There are parts of the border that are unmanned because the influx in certain other spots is so, so, you know, overwhelming that they need to move all these people over to do paperwork. So they're leaving other parts barren. Right. Uh, the cartels clearly control the border. This is embarrassing. This does not have to do with the migrants. This has to do with the system and with the carelessness. And we know that at least 160, I think, terrorists on the terrorist watch list have been um, caught at the border trying to get in. This is this is yeah. terrifying to me. And what's more terrifying is that the White House doesn't seem to think this is an issue at all. What do you make of what's going on? Well, it's also kind of perplexing to me politically, not that we look at everything politically, but you see Democratic mayors, right, like the mayor of New York City, you see Democratic, not Republicans, but Democratic elected officials, congressmen, others on the border, mayors, you name it, saying this is really bad. You know, this is this, the, everything that is happening to the surrounding areas, the counties, the people. Um, so, so it's not just Republicans that are calling this out. You know, there has the people who are being affected by, by it, you know, listen, they don't care what party they're in, right? They're being brave and speaking up. I think when you look at national security threats and challenges to the United States in the near term, uh, there, it's, there's no doubt to me that this is our number one national security issue. I spend a lot of time talking about China, a lot of time talking about Iran, and those are, are, are very, very pernicious threats uh, to the United States, uh, no doubt. But our undefended border um, is just unconscionable. It's not something that you see around the world. Like people tend to try and protect their borders. And it's not that we're trying to stop legal migration into the Precisely. United States. That's right. why we're all here. But in fact, as you said, the number of apprehensions of people that are on the terror watch list, that happens more in like one year of the Biden administration than all four years of the Trump administration. And think about it, Michelle, these are the terrorists that are dumb enough to get caught. Right. The ones yeah. that are catching at the border. Yeah. Imagine the ones that are a little bit more sophisticated. And then, of course, you have the fentanyl problem. Mm. Now, I, this is something interesting that I've heard uh, Democrats trying to attack recently. They're saying, well, most of the fentanyl is not coming over the border, so it's not a border issue, which sort of makes my head explode, because whenever you think about limited and finite resources, uh, whenever you're taking DHS people away from ports of entry and other jobs and things that they should be doing, and, and they're having to deal with a literal crisis on the border, well, maybe, perhaps that's one of the reasons why fentanyl is entering our country and is killing young people 18 to 49 more than anything else. And and then, of course, there's the fact that we know that the chemical precursors come from China. Yeah. I'm telling you, I was beating up the State Department. I was beating up the Secretary of State, you know, for the past two and a half, three years saying you have to make this your number one issue with China. The chemical precursors, the, 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 the cartels would not be able to get fentanyl into the United States if the chemical precursors were not coming from China. The Secretary of State, Blinken, finally brought it up when he was meeting with the Chinese. I think it was in June when he went over there to kiss the ring of the emperor, which is a whole yeah. other story, Michelle. Yeah. Um, and he brought it up and he said, well, we're actually going to start a working group about it. And I thought, oh, my God, you fell for it. <sighs> like, you've got to be kidding me. You fell for it. How about stop sending drugs into our country that is killing our young people or else, right? 
We're going to start a working group on it. What is the working group going to do? This is, it seems to me the mamby pamby milk toast response that this administration has to so many things. We're going to get a committee. We're going to start a working group. We need conversations. Yeah. We don't need conversations anymore because we see what's going on. We need results. We need right. action. And you've got, you know, look, we're in the middle of an election year now. And you have people on the Republican side, particularly Ron DeSantis, who's been pretty militant about this, that yeah. we will take the cartels down. I mean, we'll use military to do it because it's 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 pretty clear what's going on and who's got control and who's allowing or enabling all of these illegal migrants to come across. It is the, the, the cartels and they're making a fortune. And so, who are allowing the cartels to do it? The Mexican government. Yes. And why and, is the Mexican government allowing it to happen? Because... Lopez Obrador uh, does not have a good relationship with Biden. And when you have a weak man or woman, right, doesn't matter gender, when you have a weak person uh, in office, which I would argue both the president and the vice president have been on this issue, when you have when you have a weak president, uh, then rogue actors around the world act accordingly. It's sort of like you and I were talking about our kids right before we came on. Yours are a few years older than mine. Mine's three years old. It's like my three year old knows exactly what she can get away with, like from mm-hmm. her mom, from her dad, right? And this is like despots and dictators uh, and, you know, bad governments are no different. It's human nature that when you're facing somebody weak, you can take advantage of their weaknesses. That's what that's what people in power do. And they do not respect weakness. And I and you're right. You said men or women. We've got one of each. We've got a weak man in the presidency. We've got a weak woman in the vice presidency. And I'm sorry. I don't care what anyone says. When you've got problems like we've got problems at the border, when it was, you know, incumbent on Kamala Harris to, you know, but we'll get at the root causes. Okay, that's fine. But in the meantime, could you stop the flow? Could we close the border? Oh, the border's closed. The border ain't closed. We've got pictures. I, I, I just, I just wonder. Also, see, it seems to me that you know Biden gets into office. Number one thing was to undo everything Trump did, no matter whether it was good, that's bad, right. or indifferent. Yeah. Undo it, right? We are yeah. the anti-Trump. Okay, so they undo all the border policies. And this flow begins. Now, this this administration also seems to not ever want to say, you know what, we probably made a mistake here or you know what, this didn't go as planned. We're going to make fixes. It's the the silence from the White House on this issue is deafening to me. Is it that, you know, you hear people, Morgan, say, well, this is what they want. They want to bring in new voters who will vote Democrat for the rest of eternity. Uh, you, you've got others saying, no, they just they just don't care. I, what do you think the motivation is for this complete yeah. lack of willingness to attack the problem? They are, in my assessment, they are completely beholden to the left wing of their party. Uh, Joe Biden is not governing as the moderate that he campaigned from the basement, I might yeah. add. In 2020, yeah. uh, you know, he sort of said, I am this moderate Democrat. I'm a Pennsylvania, Delaware guy, u- union guy. I'm going to come in and bring Americans together. Um, and I think Americans, you know, many largely suburban women and independents went for that message. And he has, in fact, uh, uh, governed, in my opinion, as an extreme leftist, yeah. way more extreme than even the Obama administration did. Which is is a little, <laughs> it's a stark statement. I mean, yeah. it is uh, it is crazy. Before I let you go, I do want to get, Uh, a little bit from you on China, because this to me is a a massive concern. And I I have made it kind of my own personal mission to 
check labels on everything I consume, whether it's a piece of furniture, a piece of clothing, whatever it is, I look and, you know, obviously we've all got our devices, right. And, and largely made in China. And that's unfortunate. And I, you know, if I really were going to stick to my guns, I'd throw my iPhone out the window. I know. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I need it. But so everything that I can get rid of that is, or can avoid buying from China, I do. Um, And that limits me in, you could go through a Walmart, for example, fill your cart and then go through and look at everything and go, Oh, I got to put like two thirds of this back if I'm really going to stick to this. But why is it important? And does it make a difference to, to stay away from these goods? Is that going to impact our relationship, our disentanglement with China at all? Or does it not matter given that President Biden has said, ah, we're fine with China. We just want to get along. Yeah. I, I, first of all, I think the actions of everyday Americans matter, right? I think conservatives around the country uh, finally got fed up with being silenced, uh, with being canceled. And you have seen conservatives speaking out against Bud Light, Target. You know, you go through the list. And so when finally enough individual Americans say, I've had it, yeah, I do think that makes a difference. I mean, let me give you a really good example. Uh, there is a clothing line that, you know, if you're on Facebook or Instagram like I am, you probably get it probably gets advertised to you. It's called Sheen, S-H-I-N. Well, they actually make their clothes. I don't know if you know this, but I've been trying to educate people. One of the reasons that their clothes are so cheap is not only are they made in China, this is a Chinese company, uh, they are made in Xinjiang. What is Xinjiang? Xinjiang is the province where there is an ongoing genocide against Uyghurs. Who are Uyghurs? They're an ethnic minority in China. Remember, China is very racist. And so they don't like these ethnic minorities. They want everybody to be a Han, right? They want them, that's what they they think is the predominant um, and premier ethnicity. So they have an ongoing uh, genocide there. And part of Sheen's clothes or or anybody who manufactures there, by the way, Volkswagen is also guilty of this. Uh, But anybody who manufactures in Xinjiang, either unknowingly or knowingly, actually has slave labor contributing to their clothes. Now, I didn't know this about Sheen. I'd probably say five years, four or five years ago, I bought something in there. I found out. And of course, we'll never buy anything from there again. But that's just one example of how these ads are targeted probably to women, Michelle, if you're in my age. And it's like, oh, it looks trendy. It's cheap. Nope. Comes from slave labor in Xinjiang. Another thing I would remind all the viewers that hits home, I think, for everybody is TikTok. Uh, It is Mike Gallagher, my friend in Congress, has called it digital fentanyl. Um, First of all, even if you don't believe or understand uh, how the Chinese Communist Party steals your data, if you're using TikTok and you can say, well, they're stealing my data anyway, because, you know, uh, all of these tech companies have um, have, you know, engineers in China. So even the American, you know, social media companies can get my technology. That's fine. I would argue and say, listen, at a minimum, don't like invite the Chinese Communist Party into the back door to spy on you and to in- infiltrate uh, your stuff. So, I-, I mean, you literally have a spy app on your phone if you have TikTok on it. And I know this is controversial with parents and grandparents and kids, but you've got to get your kids off it, not just because of what happens uh, from the Chinese Chinese spying aspect, but also there is a different version of TikTok that Chinese teenagers and Chinese young people have access to than the version of TikTok that's available in the United States. Uh, The one that's available in the United States is highly addictive. It's driving these young girls to all sorts of depression and and all suicide and all of these issues. The Chinese Communist Party is smart enough, Michelle, not to give that to their own children. Why would they do it when they could give it to ours? Yeah. 
Yep, it's this slow death by a thousand cuts here in America. This is one of those cuts, and and every time uh, a kid gets addicted to TikTok, it's a it's a little cut in in the fabric of America, I believe. And so, yeah, I try to keep my kids off of that. And it's it's so interesting. You see TikTok commercials now, and they try to make the people look so you know awesome. patriotic and American, yeah. and uh, you yeah. know I couldn't have created my American flag business if it weren't for TikTok and yada, yada, yada. Uh, that's as good as sports washing or whitewashing or anything else that you want to call it. Uh, people right. need to look out for this stuff. They absolutely need to look out for this stuff. And it's not just Sheen, by the way, folks. There yeah. are so many clothing advertisements on Facebook and Instagram that say, this is made in South Carolina. It's not made in South Carolina. You will order it. It will arrive as I did. And it, the inside will say made in China. You try to return it and they try to get you to keep it for some, we'll, we'll refund you 80% of what you spent. Just please keep it. They're trying to dump all this stuff. So just, you know, buyer beware. Um, it, I, oh, so many problems. What, get, what, before I let you go, what makes you we need optimistic? another 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I know. What makes you optimistic about America right now, Morgan? I want to leave on an up note if we possibly can. We can't. I know. I do feel like I'm always the doomsday person talking no, about it's hard policy. not to be and national security because part of my job is and part of my job has always been to look at risk around the world and think, you know, how does this affect uh, the United States? Um, I would say, oh, here's one I'll give you where I think that there is a hopeful opportunity. I mentioned earlier the Abraham Accords uh, that I was lucky, so lucky to be a part of in the Trump administration. Uh, the first peace deals between Israel and Arab states in 26 years, four of them. Um, so it looks like uh, because, again, because of President Trump, uh, Mike Pompeo, Jared Kushner's, you know, very smart diplomacy in the Middle East, it looks like there is a small window of opportunity uh, for Saudi and Israel to come together and also uh, make a peace agreement, make normalization. There's a chance uh, for peace between Mecca and Jerusalem, which is huge, which is not something that, again, something I thought would be very difficult to see in my lifetime. The Biden team um, is not there just yet. There's still a lot of negotiations going on. We think that Blinken and, and others may demand some things for the Palestinians that would be to a bridge too far for the Israelis to give up, but we'll see. But the fact is both leaders are openly talking about it. In fact, mm -hmm. Brett Baer interviewed uh, the crown prince of Saudi Arabia, uh, Mohammed bin Salman, uh, last week, I think it was on Wednesday, and then just a few days later, he went to New York and interviewed Bibi Netanyahu, the prime minister of Israel, and both leaders openly spoke about trying to make peace and recognition between their two countries. If it happens, it would be a game changer for the Middle East, and I think would vindicate uh, Trump's policies in the Middle East. I saw both of those interviews, and I, it, yeah. it was remarkable and everyone commented on how Netanyahu had never looked more optimistic or more cheerful. So yeah. it is an interesting time, something to watch. And if and when it happens, we'd love to have you back. Morgan Ortega, Absolutely. such a pleasure. Thank you so Thank much you. for taking the time. Thanks, Michelle. She is Morgan Ortega's follower on all your social platforms. She's got really interesting stuff, and she opens your eyes to some issues you may not see in the mainstream media. So like Morgan, please always be brave. Do good, and we will see you next.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.